If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I was going over some files on my computer and I found this uh, sermon. I don't know where it came from, but I don't know where, but it's a good one, I thought. So I thought I'd use it. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came up upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find him, find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Many times in life we see people that rejoice or are happy about something. Someone comes home from work, and they're excited, they're happy, they're rejoicing, and maybe they got a raise, maybe they got a promotion, maybe they have a new boss. Whatever it is, there's a reason that they're happy. A teenager comes home from school, and maybe they're excited and happy, and maybe it's because they got a good grade on their test, and they thought they might not get so good of a grade. And so there again, there's a reason for that. And I think that we can see many different situations in this life where people rejoice, they're happy, they're excited, but there's always a reason for it. It doesn't just happen. And when we read in Acts chapter 8 about the, the uh, Ethiopian eunuch, the Bible tells us that after he obeyed the Gospel, he went on his way rejoicing. And if you've ever been present when people obey the Gospel and they're buried with our Lord in baptism and they come up out of that watery grave of baptism, many times they go on their way rejoicing. They're happy. They're excited about the decision that they've made. And we can go back into the Old Testament and we can see David. That when he was caught up in sin and he's asking God to restore unto him the joy of salvation. That joy, that excitement had escaped him because sin was in his life. And he wanted that joy returned because he had repented. Brother, there's a reason why people rejoice. And here on this night, Jesus was born. Just after his birth, the Bible tells us that an angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds that were in a field. And I would imagine they were like us. If something like that happened to us, we would be scared. And the Bible says that they were afraid. And the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And just as suddenly as that angel had appeared, a multitude of angels of the heavenly hosts appeared. And they were praising God, declaring glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That may seem strange to us when we think about what happens. Because when a child is born into our lives, many times we rejoice. A man and a woman that are married, they have a child, they look in that child's eyes when it comes into the world, they look at that baby, and what do they see? They see hopes. 
They see dreams. They see good things that they are expecting. Things that they're looking forward to. But what would happen if when that child was born, you looked at that child and you could realize and you saw all the pain, all the agony, all the difficulties that they were going to have in this life. And if you looked at that child and you saw the tragic death that they were going to experience, would that dampen your joy? Would that dampen your excitement? I've been around people when a child was born that had some health issues and they weren't excited. Kind of took some of the joy away. Oh, they still love the child, of course. That they realized some of the problems that that child would have for the rest of their life. The question that I want to ask, didn't heaven know? Didn't they know what Jesus was going to experience when He was here on this earth? Didn't they realize that when Jesus was born, He was laid in a manger in a stable? That He was born into poverty? And that He lived His life in poverty? And that He was going to die in poverty? In fact, on one occasion in Matthew chapter 8, an individual came to Jesus and said, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man have nowhere to lay His head. So Jesus was coming into this world. He wasn't going to have anything. Jesus, when He came to this world, His own family wasn't going to accept Him for who He was. In fact, they thought He was kind of crazy. And we know that some of His brothers changed later in life. Did heaven know that Jesus would have powerful enemies that would complicate His mission here on this earth? And that His life would be challenged? That people would want to kill Him? Did they know those things when they announced His birth and their rejoicing? Did heaven know that He would be betrayed by one of the twelve, the twelve that were closest to Him, and lived with Him, that associated with him, did he know that did they know that one of those twelve would betray him for thirty pieces of silver? Did they know that one of his closest disciples would deny that he even knew him three times? Did heaven know the humiliation and the abuse that Jesus would experience? when he was dealing with all the trials at the end of his life, did they know that he'd be slapped and beaten and mocked and spit upon? Did they know that his clothes would be stripped away and that he would be scourged? Did they know all of those things? Did heaven know the physical agony that Jesus would go through the emotional agony that He would go through and endure for hours as He was being crucified on the cross? Did heaven know all of those things? I think the answer is yes. 
They knew all of those things were going to happen. But yet they rejoiced. Yet they were thrilled. They were happy. And if heaven knew all of those things, then how could they be so thrilled and happy? What is all the joy about in that field in Bethlehem or near Bethlehem? How could they be so excited, so happy, so filled with praise when they knew that this baby that was born into this world would only be successful if he confronted all of those things that were going to happen to him? As I mentioned, child comes into our lives, we look at it with hope, dreams, plans, thoughts, good things. What if we knew all of the things that were going to happen to our child? Would we be excited? Heaven was still excited even when they knew all of those things were going to take place. You see, life is going to have troubles. And the truth is that trouble touches all of our lives. And that newborn babe that comes into the world is going to experience trouble. And we are blessed because we're ignorant of what's going to happen or what's going to take place with that child. And so we keep those hopes and we keep those dreams. Job said in Job chapter 14 and verse 1, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of troubles. And so we need to be thankful that we're ignorant of what's going to happen to our children as they grow up and all the terrible things that they may have to experience in this life. But heaven knew exactly what was going to happen to Jesus. And yet they rejoiced. And I think that we need to understand that. I think that we need to understand that they knew all of that, but yet they were still happy and excited. They were still rejoicing. They were still praising God. And we need to know that in order to properly and fully appreciate all that God has done for us. You see, they were not rejoicing at the prospect of Jesus' ordeals or the pain that He was going to go through. They were rejoicing because of what God and Jesus would accomplish through that ordeal, through all the trials and difficulties He had in this life. We're going to look at three things very quickly. Heaven rejoiced because God was very near completion or completing His mission, His plan. If you have your Bible, turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. God has set in motion a plan. And it was there from the foundations of the world. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, it says, "...for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold..." from your vain conversations received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundations of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by Him do believe, who by him do believe in the God that raised Him up from the dead and gave Him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. God had a plan from the foundations of the world. He created this world. He created human beings. He placed Adam and Eve in a garden and He told them not to eat of the forbidden fruit. Do you think God realized or it was a surprise to God that they disobeyed Him? 
You see, God had a plan that when man disobeyed, that Jesus was going to come to this earth and die on the cross so that we could be redeemed. And when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and rebelled, that began the final phase of God's mission. Because we can see from the foundations of the world that God had a plan. And these individuals or these angels were rejoicing because God's objective was at hand. It was going to take place. That all this plan, all the way back in Genesis when they sinned, and God said that uh, made, uh, made the promise in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we see that that promise is now going to be fulfilled with Jesus coming to this earth. And so they're rejoicing. Now people would be able to have perfect redemption from evil. And that they would have, be able to have total forgiveness of sin. Because you remember before Jesus died on the cross, that sins, as we see in the Old Testament, for those that were followers of God, their sins were remembered every year. But it was when Jesus died on the cross that those sins could be washed away by His blood. And that blood on the cross that was shed on the cross flowed back to the beginning of time and it will flow as far into the future as the future may be. And so we can be thankful for that, that Jesus came to this earth and gave us complete salvation and that would soon be a reality because He came to this earth and so that's one of the reasons why heaven rejoiced. Because God's final phase of this pro-plan was at hand. The second reason is that heaven rejoiced because God had complete victory over Satan. And it was within His grasp. You see, Satan had been thrown out of heaven. And soon the powers of death that Satan had control with would be destroyed. Turn over to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. In 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the Bible tells us, beginning in verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we don't have to be afraid of death. We don't have to be afraid to die. When we're in a lost condition, death is something that should really concern us because we know that our opportunity for salvation, our opportunity to have our sins washed away by the blood of Christ is over. And so we want to obey the Gospel before we die. We want to do what God wants us to do. And then when we do that, we don't have to be afraid of death. We don't have to fear death because we know that we're going to be victorious in the end. And Jesus warns us and tells us, don't be afraid of those that can destroy the body. Why? Because that's all that they can do. God can destroy both body and spirit. And so we need to understand that we don't have to be afraid of death. That Jesus came to this earth, He died on the cross, and on the third day, He rose victorious over the grave. And that is proclaimed in 1 Corinthians 15 chapter. In the first, four, or first few verses, go back to verse 1 of chapter 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scripture, and that He was buried, and that He arose again, the third day according to the Scripture. 
So Jesus died on the cross. He was laid in a tomb. Why did He die on the cross? He died on the cross for your sins and my sins. That's the plan that God had from the foundations of the world. That Jesus was going to come and die on the cross. And when He was laid in that tomb on the third day, He rose from the grave. And brethren, we're going to be victorious over the grave also. We don't have to be afraid of it because of what Jesus did. And so heaven knew all of these things were going to happen. But they could rejoice because they knew that Jesus was going to destroy the power of death. And then the third reason heaven rejoiced was because after the cross would come the resurrection when Jesus would truly be Lord and Christ. He would be Lord of lords and He would be King of kings and Satan would be defeated. Think about that. That's what was declared on the day of Pentecost. That Jesus was Lord of lords and King of kings. That He is now ruling at the right hand of God. What a blessing it is to know that God had this plan and now in the final phases, in the final phase of it, we can see the angels rejoice. Why? Because they seen all the things that were going to happen. And they knew the outcome. They knew that Jesus needed to go through these things, that He had to go through those things so that you and I could have salvation. And how do I know that that's why they were rejoicing? Because look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Why did Jesus come to this earth knowing what was going to happen? Why did the angels rejoice when they knew what was going to happen? Because they could look beyond all the things that were happening and see what those things were going to accomplish. They could see that we would have salvation. They could see that we could be victorious over death. They seen that we, need, we weren't going to be separated from God. They could see all of those things. And so even though there was shame on the cross, Jesus experienced, and what does it say there in that verse? That He endured the cross despising the shame. He endured all of those things because He seen the outcome. You know, in a smaller sense, we understand that when we go through some process of work, we work hard and we accomplish something, we feel good about it. And sometimes as we start to do the job that we're thinking about and we realize that it's going to cause a lot of uh, endurance and it's going to take a lot of endurance and it's going to be hard work, we have to weigh that out. But when we look at the final goal, when we look at what we're going to have, then it causes us or will help us to get through all of that experience. And when we think about Jesus, He knew what He had to go through. He knew the pain. He knew the agony. You can't tell me that He didn't know how much it would hurt because He, he was there when man was created. Without Him, nothing was created. And so He knew what was going to happen. But yet He went through it. Why? Because He could see the other side of what all or the difficulties that He had to face. Jesus endured the cross he endured the pain and the agony because of the joy that lay beyond the cross. So why was heaven happy? 
because they could see what was happening beyond the cross. Brethren, sometimes we need to be willing to experience persecution and difficulties for living a Christian life because we see the end. We see what's going where it leads to. Heaven rejoiced because the birth of this child meant that it was <clears throat> that at last there could be peace among God's people or the people that the people of God and that God would be pleased with those who obeyed His will. I'm thankful that Jesus was willing to come to this earth. I'm thankful that Jesus was willing to take on the form of man. That He was willing to lower Himself to come to this earth. Think about where He was, where he was at. But He willingly came to this earth. So He could do what needed to be done so that you and I could have salvation. I'm thankful for His obedience to His Father. Wanting to do His will. I'm thankful that God lifted Him up and gave Him a name above all other names and made Him King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm thankful that God to this day has made salvation available to all people. And that because of what Jesus did, you and I can be saved. I'm thankful that God gives us all the opportunity to confess His name before men. And someday, all of mankind will voluntarily confess the name of Christ on the judgment. They won't be forced. They will. Do every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess. Why? Because they're going to know at that particular time, everyone will know that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank God for what Jesus was willing to do. Just as heaven was personally and directly involved in Jesus' life from the moment that He was born until the time of His resurrection, if we choose to put our life in God's hands, that He will be involved with our lives from the time we obey the Gospel until the end of our life. He cares about us. He loves us. And Jesus was born to create an opportunity that we could choose whether or not we wanted to be obedient to His will or reject all the things that He's done. If you choose life in Christ, heaven will rejoice. It'll rejoice again. And this time it will be rejoicing at your spiritual birth. Did you know that we can make the angels rejoice too? In Luke chapter 15 and verse 10, it says, Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. We can make heaven rejoice. The angels rejoice when someone obeys the gospel. Think about that. We're not here being ignored. God cares about us. And when someone makes that decision that they want to be a child of God, the angels in heaven rejoice. 
And when a child of God has wandered away and they come back into the fold, when they obey the gospel or uh, are obedient to God's plan for how we are saved or, or take care of our sin afterwards, we become a Christian. We confess our sin as it tells us in First John chapter one that we, are, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us. So, as a Christian, God has made it, given us a means to reconcile ourselves back to God, even after we've gone astray. We see that picture with the prodigal son who left home and he went to a faraway place and he wasted his substance on riotous living. When he came to himself, he wanted to go home and he wanted to admit his sin to his father. And he realized that he was no longer worthy to be called a son. And he was willing to go back to be a hired servant. But you see the father's response. You see the joy that took place on that occasion. And you see that a lesson there for us. That God cares about us and He wants us to return. We can obey the Gospel and we may go astray, but don't stay out there in that lost condition. Come back. If you are not a Christian, then you need to obey the Gospel. Because Jesus did all of that for you. And the angels rejoiced and heaven knew all along what was going to take place, but yet they knew what Jesus had to go through and they knew the outcome. It's like the little boy who was reading a book and he kept saying, you're going to get it, you're going to get it. And finally, someone asked him, why, is he, why, why, why do you keep saying you're going to get it? He goes, well, I read the last page. I read the last page in the book and guess what? He's going to get it. Well, guess what? They knew the last page. They knew what was going to happen because of what Jesus went through and He went through that for you. And the angels rejoiced. And they'll rejoice if you come to Him in obedience to His will by being baptized into Christ. Because it's that Gospel that has the power of God into salvation. And there's where we need to be in order to be saved. An obedient child of His. If you need to respond this morning to the invitation make things right with God, if you're not a Christian, we would encourage you to become one today. Don't put it off. Tomorrow may be too late. But be obedient today. If you need to respond, please do so while we stand and sing.